0: Global Business News, 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app. And on your radio, this is a Bloomberg Business Flash.
1: From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. Stocks are falling from records as crude oil slides below $44 a barrel amid a surplus. A stronger dollar weighing on commodities before central bank meetings in the U.S. and Japan this week. A two-day Fed meeting gets underway tomorrow. S&P 500 index down nine points now at twenty. 2166, a drop of four tenths of one percent. Nasdaq down six, a drop of point 0.1%. Dow Industrials down ninety five, a drop of five tenths of one percent. Gold down three twenty the ounce to thirteen twenty, a drop of two tenths of one percent. And crude oil West Texas Intermediate down a dollar ten a barrel forty three oh eight right now on WTI. That is a drop of two and a half percent. I'm Charlie Pellet, and that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. You're listening to Taking Stock with Kathleen
0: Hayes and Pim Fox on Bloomberg Radio.
1: Nintendo shares plunging today by the most since 1990 after the company said late Friday that the financial benefits from the worldwide hit Pokemon Go will be limited. And of course, this correction comes after Pokemon Go's released almost doubled Nintendo's stock through Friday's close. Joining us now is Joost von Joinen. He is CEO of Super Data Research to talk about what this means for Nintendo, and more broadly, what Pokemon means for the gaming industry. Yost, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So, uh, they put out the news, they put it out ahead of their earnings report. Is this a one-day wonder, this sell-off? What does this mean uh, over, the, over time?
2: So, the uh, I think it's a, sort of a damage control for a mistake that was not, there, not theirs. Uh, I think that the uh, investor community has been very excited to see Nintendo sort of move into mobile games, which this is everything it alludes to, but it's not going to be that quickly for them. So, it's a correction, if nothing else, that is, uh, that is well-timed. Mobile gaming, in general, has become this big market that everybody has to respond to, and Pokemon Go is that sort of obvious answer. At the same time, you know, it's not going to be that easy, even for Nintendo, to pull that off. Can you give us an idea of how much Pokemon Go is making per day? Yeah, so it's uh, uh, in terms of install and earnings, uh, we're already registering uh, a decline. Uh, we've, we're noticing a clear peak uh, after last week, and so uh, lifetime earnings across platforms so far on our end uh, are about $75 million. And then if you add that all up and sort of run it through the numbers, uh, you know, after platform fees for Apple, after, you know, uh, Nintendo really gets its share of what uh, it owns of the Pokemon company, uh, you know, not much is left. And that certainly won't really move the needle for a company that big.
1: Well... uh what will move the needle then for a company this big it, it is it is big it is solid, but uh, the growth of the gaming industry as you have pointed out in a recent article has has seemed to have sown a bit
2: it's uh in some areas it's uh, better than others as usual so the games industry is a little bit uh, of a mosaic of different pockets of growth right where we see for instance the console market doing pretty well uh the PC market is a little bit more flat and then the mobile market has been uh, up until at least this year been delivering double digit year-over-year growth so that's all very good and great right so the question is uh, in general how are these legacy companies these big pump uh, companies like Activision Electronic Arts and also hardware providers and platforms like Nintendo how are they adjusting to this new market? So the hard part for them is to kind of figure out, like, what do we do? Do we become, you know, do we go after the mobile hardware bit where we've done really well traditionally by vertically integrating, where we have strong third-party relationships and then build our platform for there? Or do we say, well, we're going to go sort of the Sega route where we take our franchises and our IP, our intellectual property, and then try to license that out to others? And so this is a really interesting sort of intersection for them to kind of go. Uh, The way that they could resolve this is to stay true to their own, which is you know, to, to make solid games. And then from there, I think that they can command a lot of control. What but, but ultimately sells a lot of this stuff is really strong content, and that's where Nintendo excels. Yost, what does super data research do, and what can it tell us about artificial or virtual reality? Uh, that's a good question. So the, uh, what we do is we are a market researcher that looks at uh, what we call personal media. Um, we collect uh, spending data on 48 million digital gamers, for instance, month to month, uh, and that gives us an insight into, you know, the sort of digital distribution market that lives on the entertainment side. Uh, entertainment in general has shifted away from a product-based model, and so we service companies, uh, both financial and publishing, for instance, that uh, focus on these markets. Um, and then when it comes to ar and v- That's really the sort of next thing, right? So there's a lot of talk about how virtual reality is going to be the next platform after we've seen all these other ones come around. Um, We've, uh, to be very fair, over the last year that we've been really covering this, it's the, uh, you know, the down. We had to cut our forecast down twice because there's a a huge amount of noise, there's a huge amount of enthusiasm, right? There's there's sort of this expectation that VR will grow, that the Oculus for Facebook, for instance, will, you know, show the same numbers as mobile has for Apple. Um, that's not going to happen anytime soon. There's going to be a three to five year period in which companies really sort out their third-party relationships, where we have sort of some innovative content. You know, what's going to be the Angry Birds of VR, for instance? Like all those questions still have to be answered. On top of, you know, it's it's hardware, so it has to be manufactured. It has to be you know shipped from one country to the next, and so on. Um, you know, for us, we see. Uh, Sony, for instance, do really well because it has the PlayStation VR, which sort of seamlessly uh, clicks into its existing install base. But some of the other experiments out there, like the HTC Vive and the Oculus Rift, you know, those are some higher-end experiences on the PC with a more narrow market, right? It's, uh, it's a bit more difficult, and the actual technology is a little okay. less accessible.
1: Joost, uh, you know, you, you do seem like quite fired up about this whole question of Pokemon Go and whether or not it really is authentically AR, uh, authentically... Uh, you know, augmented reality, but you say it can be the gateway drug if people understand what it actually is. I want to broaden that lens to people beyond gamers who follow all the stuff you follow. Who is it going to draw in? What do you have to do to get a broader universe now into this market so the sales can keep growing, so companies like Nintendo can boost their share price?
2: Um. So for AR to do well, we need, uh, you know, so if we're talking truly about a new platform, we need a killer application, right? And so this is where the equation with Nintendo and Pokemon Go is so, so obvious to many people saying, well, here we are, right? So here it is, that like we can now figure out a way to make obvious to a mainstream, a large mainstream audience, what it is that augmented reality actually can do for us. So the sort of silver lining for me is that over time, other companies will take this instance and say, you know what? we're going to build something in AR that's just like it, because clearly there's demand for it. We've got to leave it there. Thank you very much, Joost van Doinen He is the chief executive of Super Data Research, telling us about Nintendo. The shares are down nearly 18%. This is Bloomberg.
1: Coming up, the CEO of Le Pan Quotidien going to talk to us about the fast, casual space, his company's outlook, and some new, tasty product offerings in development. That's coming up on Taking Stock, Bloomberg Radio.